This podcast may contain adult themes and language and may not be suitable for those under 18. Please note that we are not professionals. Just individuals who have lived with addiction in many forms and have found support and relief through various means of therapy and recovery. We do not speak for and are not allied with any recovery or self-help program. All of the things discussed on this podcast are our own opinions and from our own experiences. So this <laughs> is like our demo episode one. Right. We call it episode zero. Episode zero. I like that. Ground zero of to hear from insanity. I'm very excited about this. I'm super excited too. <laughs> we just get to record our conversations. I love yeah. it. I'm Emma. I'm Haley. <laughs> yeah. And we're just uh, two 20 something crazy cat ladies yeah sort of flying by the seat of our pants figuring this stuff out oh yeah and now you're on this journey with us so buckle in (laughs) it's a long one (laughs) strap in keep your arms and feet inside the vehicle (laughs) at all times please (laughs) uh do you want to tell everyone a little about yourself a little bit little bitty bit all right i'm Haley. i'm 22 and i've been in recovery for just a few months now. So I'm still figuring it out and learning how to apply it to my life, which has been quite a ride lately. Yeah, I'm Emma. I've been doing recovery for like uh, almost two and a half. It'll be three years next year. Um, So, you know, I'm still considered like a newbie, but I've got my feet wet. You're still a newbie? Not really. Uh, I I wouldn't be called a newcomer, but I'm not like an old timer. Yeah. That must make me a fetus. You are straight up a fetus for sure. It's pretty cool. I've always wanted to crawl back into the womb and just pretend, you know, none of this is happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been doing this for, for a minute now. Um, me and Haley live together and sort of, she saw me go through some stuff and then she went through some stuff just a good bit of it and I thought to myself well maybe I should do something about this instead of crying in my car every day when I get home from work (laughs) instead of of taking breaks to go cry in the bathroom oh yeah oh yeah um yeah so basically I've noticed this as well since I'm super into podcasts uh, and there's a ton of like recovery based podcasts. Um, but a lot of them are like yoga moms. Not that there's anything wrong with being a yoga mom. It's great. I just am not. <laughs> so it can be a little harder to relate to. And like, what was your experience? Like what made you kind of think about that? Well, I was also looking for podcasts that weren't quite advice, but just somebody with a shared experience. Yeah. And I couldn't find that anywhere. There were, you know, kind of spiritual experts. There were psychologists. It was all very structured and not just, I'm here. I'm trying. This is hard. I'm a fucking goon. (laughs) You know, there didn't seem like there was a lot of room to be uniquely human like we are. Yeah. And like we said, like we are not professionals in any way. We are just people who have had certain life experiences, uh, and we've handled them very poorly. But then we started 
trying to do better and like better ourselves and find a different way. And now things are less poor. <laughs> They're less poor. They're not, little... not less financially poor, but less emotionally poor. <laughs> Less emotionally exhausting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's us. Uh, so we are trying out a little segment title, Emotional Baggage Claim. Hey. 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 I had a friend um, who used to live here. Me and Haley are roommates. So um, used to live here. Um and he was visiting, stopping through on his way to Austin for some podcasting convention thing. Cause he does tons of podcasting. Shout out to Colin. Um, and we were talking about emotional baggage and he was like, isn't it so funny that like, we all like acknowledge that we have baggage, but like what happens when it's just a carry on item and they're like, Oh, we run out of room. Like you need to check that baggage. And you're like, no, this isn't, this isn't baggage. This is my carry on. Like, I need this. I need it. I don't know why, but I need it with me. I need it. It's bulky and it won't fit and it'll make it. So my legs cramp in this freaking airplane. It is very heavy, <laughs> but I need it. <laughs> I can't let go yet. So yeah. Emotional baggage claim. Well, today we were talking about how we romanticize hot messness, mm-hmm. being a hot mess. Yeah. Which personally is something that I have done for most of my living years. Well, for sure. I mean, it's like a coping mechanism. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's a coping mechanism, 100%, because then you can like minimize how bad shit is. Right. And if you joke about it with your friends, like, oh, yeah, it was such a hot mess last night. It kind of, you know, undermines the fact in your brain, makes it easier to deal with that you were sobbing on a street corner outside of your favorite bar. (laughs) I'm just a hot mess. It's fine. I'm not actually in any pain. This is my brand. (laughs) This is my brand. No, but for real, that's what it feels like. It feels like it is like so many people's brands. Yeah. Um, It's one of my pet peeves. And Haley has heard me rant about this in meetings is the whole like empath thing that people have. Now I fully believe that there are empaths out there. Like I'm sure it'll become more clear as we go on. And if we ever do talk about like spiritual stuff, uh, that I do have very like hippy dippy spiritual, spiritual vibes up in this, um, little brain of mine. Um, but the whole idea of like empath, sometimes I just want to shake people and I just want to be like, you're not an empath. You're traumatized. Like right. as a little kid, you had to figure out by body language cues and like read between the lines. And you had to learn how to know when people were mad at you, when they wouldn't say it out loud, because I grew up in a home where we weren't allowed to say what we met. Right. You know? And it was my job to read between the lines. And if I didn't read it correctly, then I got in trouble. Right. You know? And so like I developed this sixth sense almost until it starts like working against you and it just makes you a crazy person. And it's just so much more weight to carry on your shoulders. Yeah. You just absorb these feelings that, you know, you're not really sure they're actually experiencing, but you're an empath. So it's your job to figure that out. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes your job to figure out other people's feelings. That's, that's a really shitty job. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't pay well. It doesn't um, pay anything. It actually costs you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I had a similar experience with that where in my family, you weren't really expected to find out what everybody was feeling, but nobody ever talked about their feelings. Mm-hmm. It was just an unstated rule. Yeah. 
and you didn't get in trouble if you did. People just looked at you funny, but it was still, I took it upon myself to have to figure out everything. Totally. Yeah. And you're taught that like anything besides like neutral or happy or pleasant, like you can't even get too high up on the happy joy scale, you know, like if you're too excited or you're too happy, like that's disruptive too. Oh yeah. You know? And so like, I learned that you just stuff it. You stuff it like a French press. Just stuff it down in there like a French press. You are just stuffing the shit out of that bear at Build-A-Bear. <laughs> so full. So full. <laughs> Side note. Did you ever do that thing at Build-A-Bear where you would like spin around three times and like kiss the heart and put it in the bear? I was so into it the last time I went to Build-A-Bear. I think I was 19. <laughs> and they had the Chewbacca Build-A-Bears. And I did the entire routine with that person who brought it up as a joke. And I said, no this is serious to me. And I spun around, I kissed little heart. I whispered a wish or whatever. And I put what it was the wish. Wait, don't tell me. Oh, Actually tell me. I want to know. I don't even remember God damn to it. be honest. I wish I did. Cause I wished it right into that stuff. Chewbacca. It was probably like about a boy. Oh God. Oh, oh it was probably about, Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> We just ripped off a ripped off a, a nicely tucked away memory in there. Oh yeah. That was goofy. Um but yeah, like this whole romanticizing hot messness. It's like I think what you said earlier is like so on point. Like it being a brand. Oh yeah. And you have to stick to your brand because that's what people find funny. It's the pe- the tweets people like on Twitter. Yeah. And you know, it's relatable to everybody apparently. Uh, Yeah, because I think the thing is, is like at this point, it's cool. It's cooler to be a hot mess than it is to be like working on it. Yeah. And it's really cool to be just a little bit checked out of everything. Yeah. Because then you don't really have to feel it to that extent. Right. But the lie is, is that like all of the celebrities and the people that you see on Twitter who are like super famous, it's like, like the one that comes to mind is like when you think of Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Is it Aubrey or Audrey? I really struggle with that. I think it's Aubrey. Uh, okay. Well, let me know if I, let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but you know, like when you think of her, you think of like her quintessential role on, um, Parks and Rec, right? right? Where she was like, didn't care about anything and was like super like, uh, I'm too cool for this. I'm too cool for that. And it's hilarious. It is hilarious. But then you like watch interviews or I'm, I'm a weirdo and I like, stalk people on (laughs) because like I like to see the differences between like their character and who they are anyway um but there's I have read this article once and I should have looked up what article it was before I referenced it but I didn't think that far ahead (laughs) and um about how she really is like a Leslie Nope she's not she's not an April yeah like she's a Leslie Nope but her brand is being an April And like, that's the lie. The lie is, is you can have this brand of being like a weird hot mess, but the people that are actually like successful hot messes, it's because they're not actually hot messes. Yeah. And so hot mess a lot. (laughs) That is the topic. I think we're going to get away with that. Okay. But, and I think, oh, I just had a really good thought and it flew out of my head, like fart in the wind. Um, You guys will learn this about Haley is she is such a lady. Oh, I am. It's my brand. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be really exhausting to maintain that brand and also having to 
live life yeah. fully in a way, you know, it's this kind of weird double life. Yeah. It's the thing. And it's like, it's like back before I was in any, any, um, any type of recovery, I like lived my life. Like I was on TV. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. So like, even when I was alone, I was still like posturing, you know, because I thought that like, that's what I had to do to be interesting. You know what I mean? And I had to be dark and I had to be twisted and I had to be tortured in order to be like, it was my personality. Yeah. Honestly, there are times when I still find myself doing that. Okay. But you are dark and twisted, but like, (laughs) but even recovery, Haley is dark and twisted. Yes. I'm also just a little baby. Um, emotionally. Um, yeah. And I would wear personally, my experience with that is wearing, hot messness as an armor. And that definitely impacted a lot of my interactions with people. Some of my friendships, most of my romantic and sexual relationships. Yeah. We're like, why don't you love me? I'm this whole awesome, like dynamic, intense, dynamic person. But the whole time I was wearing this hot mess armor where the only times they would see me would be at a bar or performing. Yeah this character when you're in a bar and you've got like your makeup mask and Mm -hmm. like a wig and, and you know, the big boots and and scrotum stomping boots. And why don't you see me as the dynamic person? I am. I had that exact same thing, you know, like back when I was out there and I was like drinking like a maniac and doing whatever I could do. (laughs) So I wouldn't have to feel like I was on this plane, you know? Um, and it was the same thing. I, I always remember I identified so intensely with Kesha hear me out hear me out hear me out hear me out yeah okay because like she has all of these songs that are like crazy party songs but on every album there is like one song that is really really like soulful and heartfelt and I was always like everybody just thinks Kesha's a party girl but she's not she's an artist and she has something to say and like that's how I saw myself is I was like everyone only sees me as a party girl and it's like that's all I'd show them right you know, and you just have that deeper expectation for them to want to dig in. Right. But and pull all that other shit out. And that brings me back to one of my favorite things. Ego. 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 Yeah. Before I got into recovery, I had like this idea that ego was only like the golden God kind of a thing. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's only like that inflated, like, hyper-masculine idea of ego. Yeah. But I have since learned that there is another type of ego and it's like that bruised ego thinking that you are the worst possible. Like I'm the worst and I'm so broken and I'm the most broken person on the planet and nobody could ever love me. Like that's ego too, you know? Oh yeah. And it's this idea that Like, I was so frustrated that people didn't care enough to, like, push past my party girl vibe and, like, see the diamond in the rough underneath and, like... Right. But what it boils down to is I just wanted someone to save me. Oh, yeah. And, you know, how could they not care? How could they not want to save you? I do so much for you. All I do is I go out of my way and I'll ruin my buzz and I'll, (laughs) I'll do whatever I have to do to, like make you feel better and then they don't do it back. Right. And you know what that is? That's codependence. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's a buzzer word. We should get like a buzzer. 
Oh, we should. A buzzer for like the buzzwords. Yes. Codependent. Codependent. I've been on both ends of that one. Ego. Ego. And it's also, I think, a really good example of ego. Avoidance. When- <laughs> Avoidance is another big one. <laughs> I think it's another really good example of ego when, you know, I am this broken, dark person and I want to be saved. Like, how could you not save me? I'm so interesting because I'm broken and dark. Yes. It reminds me of like every heroine in a John Green book. Oh my God. <gasps> oh, no. I guess I shouldn't uh, scream. Maybe it's okay. We know our downstairs neighbors. So oh, yeah, that's fine. fine. Um, they scream all the time too. It's great. I literally always sleep through it. <laughs> Where were we? I lost my train of thought. Oh, you're just all in the thick of it. We're playing in this mud. Hot messness. Yeah. I still do it sometimes. Actually kind of a lot, except the difference is now I recognize it. Yeah. And I try to find an alternative way to do that thing or feel that feeling I'm having. Totally. And that, that always reminds me of like the three A's that you learn about in recovery, right? Which is, uh, awareness, acceptance, action, right? You know, and you can't just like skip right from awareness to action. Like, because then you're probably going to do it. Not the way that's actually helpful. It'll be a whole different disaster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It'll be a whole different disaster. And so like, God, we could do a whole episode on acceptance and what that means too. Oh, yeah. I feel like just sitting here talking, it's so many different things are popping up. We're learning so much. <laughs> so many ideas. You've taught me everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's this whole idea of like awareness is the first step. And I think that's something that can be super frustrating. Like I know I still get frustrated after it, like two years in and I'll be like, why am I not fixed yet? Oh yeah. And that's garbage. There's no such thing. Like there's no graduation in recovery. And I don't say that to be like discouraging, like you can never be fixed, but like, that's the thing is like, you can't ever be fixed. But the good news is, is it doesn't have to be the way it was. Would you like to hear the good news? <laughs> you <laughs> wait, never <laughs> wait, tell them about the Mormons that were outside the other day. Oh yeah. So I think this was Maybe after a particularly rough night or maybe just a rough morning. I'm not really sure. It's pretty much the same for you. Yeah. I was uh, skipping down to my car, down the stairs, and I open our door into the stairwell. And I see through the door by the street that there are a bunch of people outside of my house they have nice like the white, the white shirt and the pants and the tie. They looked like they had just gotten back from church. Oh no. You know, there are these women in these big hats and I'm like, well, what on earth is going on here? And I kind of skip down the stairs and I notice right as I'm opening the door through the window, I see a pamphlet that says, will the suffering ever end? <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't contain myself. I just started laughing. I opened the door. I was late for something. And they're like, excuse me, ma'am, would you like to hear the good news? And I said, I've already heard it. I know the suffering isn't going to end. (laughs) (laughs) You could almost look at that and be like, that was the romanticizing hot messness. Oh yeah. I know the suffering will never end. Yeah. I know the suffering will never end. And, And these poor people just had to listen to me say that. Um, they're fine. They're fine. (laughs) It's probably not the worst thing. I'm sorry if you can hear my animals, little feet scampering. Oh, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to hear their little feet scampering. (laughs) Oh God. I just love telling stories like that because 
I just realized that was an example of hot, me- hot messness. The suffering will never end. And I'm really cool for thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes me so cool and relatable. Ooh, that dark humor. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love dark humor. Like we have some dark banter. <laughs> um, but the difference is, is like, I don't believe it anymore. Right. Right. I like personally, even just like a few months in, I do see like a tiny little light at the end of the tunnel, a little like pinprick, a little pinprick, you know, but I know once I get to the light, that's not the end. There's going to be more. It's like, once you get to the light at the end of the tunnel, then you realize there's a bridge. Yeah, there's a bridge. And then once you get to the bridge, you realize there's like, I don't know what's an after a bridge. You have to like bungee jump down to a hidden Cave? I don't... Yeah, and then you have to go spelunking through uh, the cave of your childhood traumas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a new, fun, different journey. Yeah. I had a therapist once who um, said it in the best way. She talked about life like it was tapestry. Yeah. Um, and she said that, like, so you get these big blocks of color, right? And so one of them will be, like, like, say my abandonment issues are, like, bright yellow, right? And we'll say my negative self-talk is hot pink. And, like, I've got all of these big, thick blocks of color, right, from when these, like, issues of mine pop up and completely derail my life because I had no tools. Um, And... As I get better and as I learn and I become more aware and I have more tools and I have, you know, these different pillars of support, like my program and my, uh, uh, my mentors and my friends and my therapists and my doctors. And I have like yeah. all these people, right. When before I literally just had me, my higher power. That's a big one. Oh yeah. Um, HP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but they come back, but they come back smaller. You know, it's not these huge chunks that completely derail and take up the entire tapestry. They're just like these little strips of color and I can stop and I can say, I know what that is. I love that, you know, and then I can move on and it'll just, it'll keep coming back. It's going to look different every time. I'm going to be in a different place every time. I'm going to have different tools, you know, maybe the tools that I'm using right now and they're not going to work for me a year from now. And I'm going to have different ones that work then. And that's the whole point is that it's dynamic. And like people are constantly changing. We're constantly growing. You know, things happen. Uh, Things happen to us. Relationships come and go um, where you live, like all of these different things that can like seriously mess up your sense of security. Yeah. Right. And all of these things are changing. And so like, of course your recovery is going to change with it. And like, that's the whole point. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. There's, there's Picking a lot- up what I'm putting down. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. No. <laughs> I feel like there's so much comfort in that knowing that yeah. I may be in a uniquely different shitty place, but I'll have a uniquely different recovery. Yeah. That will help me get through that. Yeah. And that's the best part too, is that, you know, you can walk into a room and, uh, the best part is that there's this thing in, in, um, recovery spaces called crosstalk. And that's something that you cannot do. Like it's a big no, no. And that's like when you directly address another person's share or you give advice or anything like that. And like being able to go to a place with a bunch of people and like, know that they can't shoot you down. Like they can't be like, that's stupid, you know, (laughs) or they can't be like, 
I don't think you should have said it like that. You know, like people literally can't say anything. They just yeah. sit there and they listen. All they can do is think it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then after, and you can hear other people share and you can be like, Hey, sounds like you went through what I went through. I'd love to hear how you, like, how did you get through it? Because right now I'm in the middle of it and I can't, I can't see any far. Like I can't see oh, what's next. It's such a huge thing. I remember I was in an extremely bad place when I first started seeking recovery. And one of, it must've been my first or second time in a recovery space. Somebody sitting right across from me told an exact same story, the exact same structure. And I was like, you mean to tell me that I am not alone? You mean to tell me that I am not unique in my torture? <laughs> is, is my pain not special? <laughs> Thank God it's not. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard um have you heard people talk about terminal uniqueness yet? No, I haven't. That's terminal exciting. uniqueness. It's this idea that you think that your pain is just the most unique. Nobody else could possibly understand. Like it's just like this idea of terminal uniqueness, you know? Oh, I definitely had a lot of that when I yeah. was 12 and 13 and like listening to a lot of corn. Oh God. You and hadn't thing. even experienced a crumb of what currently plagues me now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And it's this idea that like nobody could possibly understand, like nobody, nobody understands me. You know, but the thing is, is that we all felt that way. And then you walk into the rooms and you hear other people tell your story and they're in a completely different place in it. Like a lot of times these people are like through it, you know, like they've already gone through it and you're in the middle of it. Like you're in the pig shit. Yeah. You know, just flinging it around. Yeah. Just sort of rolling around in it, throwing it at other people. So you don't have to have as much. <laughs> and then it slides back. <laughs> it's like, how did this happen? It's like you're throwing mud at other people <laughs> so that maybe they'll be dirty with you, but now you've got it in your hands and like, it's how am I hair. supposed to itch my face? <laughs> it's in my mouth. <laughs> I can't stop talking shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love recovery. I love, I just, I will always forget just the way that experience punched me right in the gut. She was crying. I started crying. Lots of tears. But it's like good tears. It was good tears. That was one of my first good cries in months. Yeah. So I guess what I'm boiling it down to here is that we're all hot messes. Oh, yeah. We just don't need to stay hot messes. You don't need to stay a hot mess and you don't need to make it your brand. You don't need to wallow in it. Yeah. You have your moment. It's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen. I had several And then you'll night. go through it and then it'll happen again. And then you'll move through it that time. And then it'll happen a different way. And then you get to move through it that way too. Yeah. And you know, maybe every time you'll have more tools, you'll get a little better at it and you want to tweet about it for internet clout. <laughs> um, you might still tweet about it. For you, internet might still do it. <laughs> you might still do that. But, you know, you don't have, that doesn't have to be your only tool. You can say, well, that was dumb. Maybe I finally engineered that to make myself feel interesting and I shouldn't do that again. Yeah. Next time I'll just call a friend. <gasps> Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. I did that the other day at work when I really wanted to do something. Who'd very you phone? Oh, I texted you guys a meme. Oh, yeah. Remember? I was the like, gecko. Yeah, I'm about to throw all of my work away. So I'm just going to text my friends instead. Yeah. And it worked. I felt good about it. Yeah. Oh, the urge is still there, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Haley, you sound 
psychotic. <laughs> my therapist you did don't literally sound fine. call me crazy yesterday. <laughs> I don't think you should say that. People are going to be like, that's a bad therapist. No, 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 no. It was, trust me, guys. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> we have a great relationship. Um, oh, Lordy. Yeah. But yeah, basically, uh, and I say this all the time too, is like, whether you're sad, whether you're angry, whether you're any of these things, like it is, it is human to feel those things. Go ahead and feel it, feel all of it. Just don't stay there. Don't build a house there. Oh, please don't. Don't buy property. Don't (laughs) rent out space to others. Don't even think about it. (laughs) Maybe just, uh, maybe just like roll out a, uh, a, a yoga mat, use a uh, bunched up sweatshirt as a pillow for one night. Yeah. And then pick up and, and, and just, just do the next right thing the next and day. Do backpacking or something. Just, I don't know what I'm saying. What are you talking about? I don't know. I had a sentence in my head and it came out completely <laughs> rearranged. Aw, that's good banter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we want to close with some little gratitudes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Some, the gratitude platitudes. Gratitude platitudes. What is a platitude? Platitude. platitude. I, you know, when we were workshopping that title last night, I was thinking of the word platitudinous and I had no idea what it meant. It just makes me think of platypus. Platypus. I love it. Platypi. Platypi. I guess, mm, what am I grateful for? Just a lot of things. I guess one thing in particular, this is a little bit intense, but I've, <laughs> I'm really grateful for the fact that I am starting to learn to see certain things as they are, Mm. you know, running into an ex who I'm still friends with at my favorite bar last night and realizing a lot of things that were very wrong that I didn't see before. And I see now and know not to go back to it. I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Awareness. Awareness. And I'm very grateful when I was on my phone in my bed this morning that our sweet little kitty cat, Ellie just curled up in my arms and started purring. He's only sweet to you. That's because I trained him to be. You <laughs> um, forced him. I forced him to be nice to me. Codependently forced him to love you. I think I'm codependent with the cat, guys. <laughs> I'm a, what are you grateful for? Um, so this is one of my favorite things that I am grateful for. I am so grateful that I am not lactose intolerant. Oh. <laughs> That's always like my fun one. Um, Okay, but for reals, uh, I am actually very grateful that I'm not lactose intolerant. But the other thing I am grateful for is, um, so like yesterday I had to have like a really intense conversation with this person in my life and it was really scary and really hard. Um, And I'm so grateful that I had friends to sort of help me and help me walk through it because I did, walked through it. You did it. And freedom is on the far side of fear. And I know James said that. Oh, well, James, James, I know. (laughs) Um, I actually, he might've read it somewhere. I feel like, I don't know. Maybe (laughs) he came up with it, but maybe he heard it somewhere or read it somewhere. I don't know. Um, but I heard it from our friends, our friend James. And, um, yeah, so I got, I got to practice walking through something really hard. I got to practice using my voice and stating my needs. Cause if there's anything that I have learned, it's that having needs and being needy are two wildly different things. Right. Like having needs is human. It's human. It's very human. Anyway. So that is what I am grateful for. I'm Um, grateful for that too, because you look (laughs) so much happier than you did yesterday. Oh God, yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Ah, me. You are glowing. (laughs) Little old me. Little old me. Uh, 
right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this. If you listened. If you, if you did. <laughs> if you did it, that's fine, too. <laughs> you don't have to. I won't make you... Uh, I won't resent you that much. <laughs> isn't for people who need it. It's not even for people who want it. It's for the people that do it. If you are interested in recovery, please seek it out at a local level in your area. We promise it will be there waiting for you. It It works works if you work work it. it. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.